Okay, here we are then. So today we are joined by Matt State. Um, he fantastic martial artist. Um, he's kind of come onto my radar in the past kind of year or so, especially through doing stuff on TikTok. He's been doing lots of interviews as well. So it's, uh, it's time to swap the roles over now and let's get you interviewed instead. Um, how are we doing today, Matt? You're right. Yeah, I'm great. Thank you. How about you? Yeah, I'm really good. Thank you. Um, let's start off then with the most simplest of questions and just how you got started and kind of your background in, in martial arts. And you've had quite an eclectic background, I'd say, reading up about you a little bit. Um, it's quite interesting. So do you want to talk a little bit about that? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Well, um, uh, long story short, I won't go into too much detail because it's not worth it, but um, I, I had a, what can, what can be described as quite a difficult childhood. So uh, single parent family, my father committed suicide when I was in my late teens. Um, there was a lot of violence in the home and stuff. There was a lot of bullying. There was a lot of moving. So essentially, uh, it was one of those situations where I grew up in a environment where uh, it was challenging. And so martial arts was, if you like, my way out of that. And, uh, and, and I aspired to do that for a long time and sort of looked on with envy at uh, shows like Monkey on the television and Kung Fu <laughs> and all that kind of stuff. And, sure. uh, and eventually managed to sort of find some some false starts if you will so I, I tried a couple of things and they they didn't quite work out for whatever reason but then i uh then i managed to find a karate school and moved into that and as i say when my father committed suicide it was a real uh junction in my life a real crossroads as to how that was gonna gonna pan out a lot of my peers at that time are dead or in prison so it was a case of i either had to make some real changes in how I was dealing with the world or go down a pathway that was going to end in tears basically so yeah. martial arts gave me the doorway into a into a bright new world so that's what started it excellent good and was it an instant attraction to martial arts then was it was there a specific thing that you liked about it was it with the karate was it was it the kata was it the sparring was it the forms the discipline the fitness a little bit of everything did you just want it all well um Again, it's one of those, I've always been drawn to martial arts ever since I was a little kid and first started becoming aware of it on things like Saturday afternoon wrestling for those that are old enough to remember <laughs> that. Yeah. Um, and obviously the television shows of the day and that sort of thing. And there was, uh, there, I, I, again, I talk about it where I say where there were a couple of things that really sort of mesmerized me as a small child. One of them being Spider-Man, another one being Tarzan, you know, and those <laughs> kind of things. And obviously the truth was, I, you know, I'm not going to get adopted by a group of traveling gorillas so uh, martial arts seemed like at least it was a possibility it could actually happen and so and so it was any kind of martial arts at the time I really like a lot of other people I didn't know that there were all the differences and nuances and all that kind of thing and then when I started um trying a few different things then most of us did the same in that age range you you, you went where it was local and you went to what was available because this is a world before the internet this is a world sure, sure. before all that was possible. So you went yeah. to just whatever was available. And um, and I had recently moved to Bristol at that point. And so I tried a few things and sort of fallen in and out and did a bit for a while. But that was when I started taking it seriously. I moved to Bristol and there was a, uh, a karate club that was around the corner from me that I had, I didn't know at the time just what I'd sort of stumbled upon. Yeah. And they were exceptionally good, recognized as such. Um, and I was very, very fortunate to to, to, to find them as my first, if you like, proper home. Fantastic, good. And how long did you carry that on for then? 
the karate. Well, that was on and off for years. Yeah, I did that on and off for a long time. That's if you like my foundation. Okay. Um, and so that's that's if you like the uh, we we all need a solid foundation to build upon. And so whatever you style, whatever it is that you do, the, the mechanics and the fundamentals pretty much remain the same. And so that was, if you like, that was the, the, the solid foundation that everything else has gone off. So I was in and out of that for a long time and still have a, a very deep love for the art. Brilliant, fantastic, cool. So obviously we've talked about your traditional side of it and the karate and that's your foundation, that's your roots. Um, but then you've also kind of looked more at the self-defense side of it now. Um, I see that you've also done more of the combat sports as well. So, like, you've got a black belt in kickboxing, is that right? Fourth degree black belt. That's right, yeah, so, yeah, yeah, yeah. So when did you start branching out then and trying other, um, expanding your horizons a little bit? Oh, um, well, basically, I was, um, so I was doing the karate and I was lucky enough to be working with some people that were very keen on uh, on making it as real as possible at the sides of things, looking at other elements. And so I was lucky enough to be drawn into a, a small group of people that included some 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 judo guys, some jiu-jitsu guys, some kickboxing guys, and and it was a really good mishmash in the very very early days of MMA before MMA was given the name, you know, back in the yeah. judo kind of days. Yeah. And so there was that side to it all, but then there was also the the element of I, I started working on the doors. I started going into security as well, and that that really made me stop and think about a what I was learning and b what was actually relevant to the to sort of to the current threat if you will and so that that made me sort of change tack a little bit sure okay um let's talk a little bit about then the security work that you did um why did you get into it originally um how long did you do it for um do you have any stories funny heartbreaking things like that i'm sure every door person or security person that i've talked to they've always got stories um Absolutely, uh, I've written a number of books. One of them is based is basically about my time on the doors, and that's that's full of uh, stories and so on and so forth, and recollections and things. So, so yeah, it's 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 a very difficult profession to work in for any length of time and not have some interesting stories at the back end, <laughs> yeah. just because it's life in the raw. It's yeah. you know it's stripped back its beer. Um, so when you fill somebody's full of alcohol and drugs. Uh, you, you get to see the real them and, and, yeah. and I was told a long time ago that if you want to see if you want to see what a person is at a deeper level give them money or alcohol mm -hmm. um, because what we tend to do is we tend to hide those parts of ourselves that we don't want to I don't want other people to see when yeah, it comes sure. out under money and alcohol so um, and so yeah so you see everything in the rule and so what basically happened with that is I was asked if I wanted to um, try and do some because i've been you know doing some competitions i was doing all right at the gym i'm not a small yeah. guy and it was sort of an obvious progression route if you like and so it was well do you want to make a few quid and this was back in the day where you just got given cash kind of thing at the end sure. of the night and that was that so started doing that um found that i was actually pretty good at it and i don't just mean from a physical point of view because that's that's actually a small part of the equation and that's something yeah. that a lot of people sometimes miss misunderstand about it yeah. um and so essentially because i'd had the upbringing that i'd had and because i'd been in and around uh, so much confrontation violence whatever you want to call it um it wasn't it wasn't much of a leap and so moving into that environment the the, the skills that I'd sort of gathered unknowingly during that period actually came to the fore and came into play. So sure. communication was a really big aspect. Um, 
being able to deal with confrontation and deal with the psychology of it all and actually learn to leverage that and use that uh, as you would a physical skill. And that became something that became really interesting to me. And so, uh, and so yeah, so, so then it just became a natural progression. I did it for a bit, did it for some more, finally ended up immersed in it, um, started becoming, you know, head doorman, running clubs, dealing with things and so on and so forth. So, Perfect, yeah, fantastic. And then, um, obviously, you're not on the doors anymore, so you've, you've stopped the security work. Um, was there a reason for this? Was it just time to time to move on to something else? Was there anything that triggered it? Or, yeah, yeah. just a natural natural end? Old age and lack of patience. Um, <laughs> okay, that's, so that's, that's, the, that's the short answer. I, I, I mean, long story short, I, I did it for a very long time. I did it over many years. I'd actually seen families, generations of families come through. So, you know, you, you had, can, can I swear here? Yeah, of course, yeah. Okay, great. Okay, so so basically you had you had the dickheads at one stage. They then ended up having kids grew up, and those kids became the dickheads. Yeah, yeah. I've gone through this now a couple of times, and it was like, <laughs> you know what, I'm, just, I'm tired of rolling around at four o'clock in the morning with the latest generation of dickheads. You know, it yeah, just yeah, got yeah. to the point where, it, uh, and also, you know, old age, creaky bones, injuries. Um, you know, over the years, my hands are smashed to pieces and all pinned sure. up, and... Um, a lot of competition sort of aches and pains and tears and things and so and so long story short there was there's all that which is accumulated but there was one specific moment that really really brought it home to me how lucky I'd been yeah uh, and long story short some guy came for me with a broken bottle we'd thrown him out the club um, basically he threatened to stab somebody he was stealing stuff he was and um he was caught, threatened to stab the, the guy that reported him. He then took a swing at me. I threw him out of the door. He went off for a couple of minutes. He came back, wheeled in a broken bottle, actually took a swing at my head and was, you know, literally trying to take my head off. Um, I managed to just sort of block it. And, and I don't claim any expertise. You know, I wish I could say, oh, I did this 40-point Carter move and all this. I did. <laughs> I just, I screamed like a girl and flung my hands up, you know. Um, but the point was, I managed to... I managed to de deflect the blow, so it didn't do any real harm. Yeah. Um, police were called. They chased him around for a bit. It took a bunch of them to actually subdue him. He went off. And I found out the, the next day that he was being released without charge because it was his first defence and he was very sorry. Um, right. yeah. which, which, as you can imagine, didn't sit well with me. Uh, course, because yeah. if, I hadn't have, if I hadn't have stuck my arm up and managed to deflect it, he would have taken my head off there's no two ways about it the intention was there yeah. so that really then made me made me think you know what i'm not going to renew when when the license comes up again i'm not going to renew i'm not going to put myself in that kind of danger again i've been very very lucky over the years where the injuries that i've had you know although i've got a few scars and bumps and lumps and stuff like that there's been nothing major and so so it was a real wake-up call to me to actually say thank you very much it's been a pleasure um, time to step back. So I still teach security guys. I'm still in and around that that world. Um, I train a lot of the guys coming through. A lot of my students, security kind of based because they want that realism to their training. Sure. Um, and so, so I'm still in. I've still got one foot in there, but I don't actively work anymore. Cool. How easy then did you find it? Obviously, we'll talk. Um, we said about the, the the physical side is just a small part of working on the door. It's more the communication, the psychology, mm. things like that. Um, but how easily did you find the transition from doing what you were doing in, in the martial arts? Was it an easy transition to reality, or was there a lot of uh, was it a, a bit of a uh, shit? What am I doing here? Like it needs to be adapted, I suppose. Yeah, it was bloody hard being. <laughs> um, 
the problem is is that it's very easy to say something that can be misconstrued or some people can take from an offensive point of view at, this, at that particular question mm -hmm. because the truth is for the most part the vast majority of martial arts training fits the violence to suit the art yes as opposed to the art to suit the violence so um and so without trying to do anyone down or misrepresent or say anything mean because i don't want to do that sure. i actually found it really really hard to make the skills that i've been learning and this wasn't just karate mind this was a number of other things at this stage i've done some some wrestling i've done some japanese jiu-jitsu you know i've been doing a lot of different things boxing yeah. and i'd struggled to to make it work and the reason that i struggled to make it work is because basically it wasn't the technique that was bad what was bad was the platform that i was working on yeah and that's really where i struggled because all of a sudden i found competition range didn't exist <laughs> what i found was that two-step sparring that i practiced religiously for donkey's years was irrelevant nobody and, and, and again I'm, I'm not trying to dismiss anyone but no, no. but nobody attacked you like that yeah and the whole tempo was different the mindset was different that everything was different the physical skill the actual technique of punching somebody in the face yeah that's the same yeah but every other part of it was different and that was that was quite a revelation and not just a revelation but it really made me for a while consider whether i'd wasted my time whether i was being lied to whether this that and the other and it turns out that none of that was true it wasn't a waste of time i wasn't being lied to none of that um all i had to do was find the way to put those pieces together in what suited you know in what suited that environment and that's and that thing so as an example of that when i was points fighting my distance and my timing was different to when i was for contact fighting yeah and then that was different again to the different rule bases within those contact fights. Sure, yeah. But then all that was different again when you was actually in a in a in a situation where there were no rules. Yeah. Um, and so <laughs> all of those things require a, a slightly different approach and a slightly different skill set. So it's not good, bad, wrong, right. It's just a case of understanding that they all have different ways of achieving the outcome. Fantastic. Yeah. Yeah. Good. Yeah. Um, so you now run your own your own academy in your own school yeah um is it more of the self-defense that you teach um is it kind of an amalgamation of your experiences what's the main focus there uh well the gym itself now has been going for uh, quite a number of years and essentially that's a that's uh, i would call it a two-tier kind of thing so i have sport fighters i have guys that want to do kickboxing in there so i do full contact kickboxing for those guys k1 kind of stuff um, I have some MMA guys. I don't do that at any high level because there are people far better than me at that. So that's almost like a basic level, if you like. Yeah. When and if they get to a point where they want to progress, I then point them off in the direction of people that you know specialize in that and do that sure. well because because it's moved so far and so quickly, yeah. and and the knowledge has moved so fast that you know unless you're specializing in that field, you're behind the curve. Yeah, so, behind you. Yeah, so 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 that's kind of that side of it, the sports side of it, and the fitness side of it for those that want that. But then the, if you like, the reality-based side of it as well is something that I do quite heavily. And that's not just at the gym. That's what I. That's sort of if you like, <clears throat> that's what I do on a sort of national level. That's what I do at seminars and uh, and shows and all that kind of stuff. So that's really where um, 
I wouldn't like to say that's where my passion is because my passion's right across the board, but that for me is where the most value is um, because I honestly believe that, and again, I might upset some people with this, but I honestly believe that if your martial art is more art than martial, then, you know, then as long as you're honest, that's fine. But yep. for me, the martial has to outweigh the art. Yes, I agree. Yeah, perfect. Um, do you think then that it's necessary for instructors or coaches, um, if they're teaching, say, more of the martial um, than they are, and if they're, they're teaching things that are reality-based, I suppose, um, do you think it's necessary for them to have real-life experiences, whether it's working security, whether it's working on doors, whether it's having real-life confrontations? Do you think that is an absolute necessity, or do you think that can be taught in a dojo environment or an academy environment? Again, it's a really interesting one because it's such a loaded question. Mm. Um, I mean, firstly, you've got uh, the famous sort of Rory Miller thing where he says about it's like um, touching an elephant in the dark. You know, it's, it's, it's some people will touch a leg, some people touch a trunk and they'll all get a different appreciation of what they think that looks like. Yes. And so that's a very real thing because there are so many different types of violence. So as an example, the violence that I was exposed to as a, as a seven, eight year old kid is not the violence I was exposed to in a sport combat setting. But again, that's not the violence exposed to in you know, three o'clock rolling around outside a nightclub door. Um, but none of those things are the same violence of say a rape victim or something like that, you know. So, so they're all separate, they're all individual. But <clears throat> I mean, what I, one of the things I do stress and, and, and I say quite categorically is that I don't think there's another industry that exists where somebody can claim to be an expert but don't actually do it themselves. So if I went to a piano player and they said, hey, I, I'm a brilliant piano player, but I don't know how to play, or, yeah. you know, I'm going to teach you how to swim, but I'm going to do it from the side because I can't actually get in there because I'll drown. Yeah. Yeah. Um, the, the ludicrousy of that isn't lost. You know, the irony, it's hard not to, not to see that. However, on the other end of the coin, um, I, I think there's there has to be a point where you just accept that we can't experience every single thing that we teach. Yeah. And so where is the line? That's, that's where you've yeah. got to look at it. As long as people are honest, being absolute, I mean, you said I can swear. Yeah. Yeah. yeah of course. Okay. Yeah, right. Being absolutely honest. This is how I see it. Okay. If you're selling whatever it is you teach as a self-defense program yes. and, and claiming to give people self-defense knowledge, but what it actually is, is a competition-based sport, yep. right? You're a liar. Yep. That's it. I mean, I can't yep. put it any clearer than that. Yep. However, if you're teaching a competition-based sport and saying some of these skills are transferable, yep. but there's a whole gap in the knowledge of what you really do need, yep. great, happy days. I'm 100% yep. I'm behind that. And so really it's all about the, the honesty. So if somebody says, I've never had a real fight in my life, but I am absolutely super, super, super good at what my instructors have taught me yeah. and I can pass that to you. Fine. No problem. You know, it's, it's as long as people are honest, I, I don't care. Yeah. Perfect. Yeah. I completely agree. Good. Yeah. And as you said, um, the martial arts industry is a little bit odd in many ways in terms of egos, in terms of, um, as you said, you know, you wouldn't be able to say, oh, I'm a piano expert and then play the piano as well. But what, what's your thoughts on the industry today as a whole? That's quite a general question, I know, but um, compared to what you've seen maybe in the past, how it's progressed, because it's become such a, 
it's become a new kind of thing, I suppose, recently, especially with coronavirus, everyone's moved online. Um, even some people in the past that have said, no, I will never go online. It's no, we need to be in our academies online as the devil. And then suddenly within a week or so, they're all doing their online classes. Um, so in some ways it's quite hypocritical. Um, so yeah, what's your thoughts generally on the industry? Okay. Well, that's, a, that's such a big and open question. Um, that, that, that's really hard to answer in one go. So you'd probably have to break that into a few sections. So, sure. um, I mean, first and foremost, if we look at the training from when I first started to the training now, there's obviously quite a big difference with regards to health and safety. Yep. The, the um, society as a whole has changed. You know, everybody lives in this now generation where, you know, if you don't give me what I want, I'm going to go to Joe Blogs down the road and get it there. You know, um, there's, there's all that sort of element to it. And the, and, and the training has had to change to reflect that in a lot of ways. Um, and that I find quite challenging because... Yep. I lived, you know, I, I lived in a world where you were very, very grateful for the knowledge that was being shared to you. It wasn't a bloody a God-given right. You know, you didn't, you didn't just demand it and expect it and throw a paddy because you didn't get it. You worked, yeah. you worked damned hard. And if you proved yourself, um, you know, that if you proved that you were willing, able to put the time and the effort in, then people would give you that time and effort back, you know. And so it's always been more than a monetary transaction and that's that's really something that i struggle with because there's a lot of people out there in the world that are looking at it solely as a business opportunity and that's fine again that's fine as long as they're honest i don't give a um but it's again when they start when you start looking at it and selling something that shouldn't be sold so when we look at a world of 12 year old fourth dance you know when 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 we look at this ridiculous situation where you're where people are saying come on my street lethal self-defense course for six weeks and i'll turn you into this whatever and and it shows a picture of them in a focus pad in what is essentially an aerobics with pads class you know yeah. um that kind of stuff drives me batty but that's the modern age we live in um and then when we look but we if we look at the other side of it it's progressed really well in the sense that the science is there now there's a lot more good sense being talked about you know far less people are being injured through stupid training ideas um and you know and that sort of thing because the amount of guys that that i know with knackered knees and hips and so on and so forth from from a lot of bad practices and you know it's good that those kind of things now are being addressed and so on and so forth so so there's there's pluses and minuses to everything obviously now as we move on into the online world again it's 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 great because a it exposes some charlatans it gives people a bit more knowledge a bit more choice you can actually see things out there now but again in the on the other side of the coin you can you can argue especially under current circumstances that um, some people are are doing very well in the online space in the current conditions yes whereas others are failing really badly now again you can you can look at this however you want and one of the ways that i see this and this is just my own truth is that an awful lot of styles and organizations that work in a striking stand-up format that has a lot of patterns carters forms that kind of thing they're doing great because basically i can teach that to 50 people in a room exactly the same as i could teach that to 50 people in their own individual yes. front rooms yeah. right and there's no disruption into the knowledge that i'm transferring across yeah. and so for those people 
it's almost like a home run because they've cleared the decks of all these of all these other types if you will you know if i'm a judo guy if i'm a grappler yeah. guy if i'm a combatives guy that needs a, an opponent that needs somebody to play with well then it becomes a little bit harder it doesn't make it impossible and there are things that you can do but then you're looking at things like um skill acquisition you, you know you're looking at maintaining levels you're looking at working at basics you're looking at not going backwards yeah and so on and so forth but um uh, but a lot of these guys are really struggling because they're yeah. not sure how to format that in a way that can be put across on a screen so um you know i started teaching online a few years ago i started doing a few courses a few years ago not as a standalone product because i honestly think and again this may be inflammatory to some people but i honestly believe that you cannot teach martial arts 100 from a screen you just can't in yeah. my humble opinion okay yeah. and and i back that up with over 35 years of doing it multiple black belts you know so on and so forth you know i'm not i'm not just some dude randomly saying my opinion you know this is backed yeah. up with a lifetime of study and i honestly believe that you can't teach um properly through just an online medium however i fully understand why people are taking to that at the moment yeah. And I do understand that it's the best that we have at the moment. And yeah. so people are it's just people are just running with the ball, you know? Yeah, it's a supplement for the time being. And then hopefully we can all get back to our dojos, our academies, ASAP. But, you know, even then there'll probably be a level of social distancing and the grappling, the combatives, the MMA guys, probably, you know, honestly, they'll be probably one of the last ones to go back just because of the nature of what they do. Um, yeah. So, yeah, I think online is going to be, it's going to be here for a while. Um, some will like I think that. it's going to be here forever. Yeah. yeah. Well, I hope so in a way, because, you know, as you said, I think it's a great supplement for people, um, you know, but again, I also agree that you can't learn it 100% and you can't do gradings online, um, things like that I've seen. It's well, like, no, for me, people like, pardon? Many people are. Yeah, many, many people, people are, but for me, that doesn't sit right. It, it's not the same. You need the nerves, you need the adrenaline, you need the, the, the actual space of being there. Not doing it in your living room, that's, that doesn't sit well for me, but again... You know, I don't think it's for anyone to judge at the moment because people are just trying to get by, aren't they? So that's the well, thing. Well, it's a very hard one when people say it's not for you to judge, right? Mm -hmm. That you've got to then ask yourself a question. Are you the gatekeeper to um, what you class as your authentic martial arts or are you not? Yeah. And I mean, and that's really where it gets problematic because if I consider myself a gatekeeper, then it is also my responsibility to call it when I see it. Mm -hmm. So if I see inauthentic martial arts or if I see yeah. stuff that I think is being misrepresented, so on and so forth, then then there is an element of it should be my responsibility to call that as part of the wider sure. community. Yeah. Um, but then, as you rightly say, then but then you're stuck in a position where people are just trying to do what they can with what they got. And we're all learning. There's no, you yeah. know, there's no pathway in this. There's no, oh, we've been through this before. So it's all new for everybody. So nobody knows the actual answers. And That's true. Yeah. I agree with you. I, I, I have no intentions of grading anybody through this situation because I personally think that it's not, I can't guarantee the standards that I'm looking for. Yes. And that's, that's, that's my personal choice. Um, I know other people are doing it, but it falls under the same banner for me as the 10 year old fourth dance. You know, yeah. if you're going to make an eight year old a black belt, it, it absolutely devalues every other black belt ever. Simple as that. The moment that you do something like that, you devalue every other person in any other art. And so if somebody does a 50% a grading at the distance and 
doesn't have to fulfill the, the usual criterias, then that then devalues every other person that's ever graded and every other person at that level. I can't sit in a room and, and, and I get this and I'm sure you probably have as well. And I know other people have, I can't sit in a room and talk to a group of people at some sort of social event without somebody telling me that, Oh, you do martial arts. So does my little Johnny. He's eight and he's got a second dad. <laughs> and it's yeah, like, I've seen him before. Yeah. 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 It's like, no, no, we don't do the same thing. I can assure you, you know? Um, and so it's, it becomes very difficult then. And so that's really where the problem is. We're keeping quiet is the fact that, Whenever somebody takes a step like that, it devalues the rest of the community. And that is a bit of an issue, I feel. Um, let's talk a little bit more about online then. So at the moment, um, you've been doing quite a lot on TikTok, which for quite a few people is quite new. It's quite a, it's quite a new platform. And most people, especially if they're marketing, I think martial arts are quite backward in marketing anyway. We're getting better. But in terms of online, in terms of YouTube, Facebook, things like that, People are just starting to get their heads around it a little bit. It's time to push out ads, things like that. But TikTok, for most, you say, what? What's that? But you've really pushed it forward and you seem to be doing really well with it. And now you're helping other martial arts instructors kind of get on board with it. Is that So do you want to maybe just expand a little bit on that and why you think it's a good platform? Yeah. Uh, ironic, isn't it? Because I've just spent the past half an hour waffling on about, um, you know, about authenticity and this, that and the other. And, and here we are now talking about a platform that is essentially 15 seconds of madness repeated, <laughs> and, you know, infinity. Um, so it's basically for those that don't know, TikTok is the fastest growing social media platform. It's now the most downloaded app in the world. It's overtaken right. everything. Um, it's just huge and, and it's getting bigger by the moment. So they're now saying that it's at least as big as in Instagram. Okay. But one of the one of the really important things about it is is that it's it's growing at twice the rate that instagram did it's getting bigger and bigger daily it's getting more people on it all of the time and at the moment it's like the wild west as in it's a land grab as sure. in if you think about trying to gain um, a following eyes on that sort of thing if you try that now on youtube or instagram you're going to struggle to build numbers whereas yeah. on tiktok as long as you understand some of the basics and you're doing it the right way, it's actually pretty easy to grow at the moment. That's not going to last much longer, but for now it is. And so, yeah, so I've managed to, um, just to put this in context, uh, I've built a following of uh, just around the 200,000 mark. One of my highest video views is four and a half million. My regular views are about a million and a half views a week. Now, if you translate that to how you'd achieve that on something like Facebook, what kind yeah. of ad spend you need to do, yeah so on and so forth you know when you look at it like that it's a it's a huge opportunity for people as long as they um as long as they understand what it is yeah and does that transfer across then to your school does it transfer across to you as um as a martial artist as, as a well-known person or is it just like a flick through and that counts as a like and you don't really look at it or how does the algorithm work you know yeah 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 there has to be interaction for it to grow okay. so there are basically if you if you go on there right now today right mm -hmm. what you'll see is you is, is if you look at the martial arts niche you'll see an awful lot of very well-known martial artists dying on their ass literally seriously <laughs> virtually no one watching them right yeah. and and it baffles me because i can't understand why they can't see the very simple things they need to do to address that okay. um and I know they're good martial artists in the main because I know them. You know, I personally know them. I've seen what they do. And so I know that that's not the issue. And so yeah. it's quite interesting in that respect. Um, 
with regards to can it help yes uh, as an example i had a video that went viral in the millions with one of my students and i live in a i live in a small town and within that area there are three comprehensives that are within sort of five miles yeah all three of those comprehensive score for about three weeks was saturated with me and my club and my students it just dominated everything it, it, the views were in the millions or the kids were talking about it or the parents were talking about it the teachers knew who i was now if you imagine that and how many flyers you have to bundle in packs of 35 sure. and drive round you know it's it's just astronomical so yeah. from a from a level like that brilliant but now in the space that we're in with everyone moving online and you're not stuck geographically yeah if you have any kind of digital product then this is exactly the space where you want to be in because it's a digital world yeah perfect and what kind of digital products do you offer then at the moment well for myself i just got a like a lot of other people i've got a number of online courses um yeah. however excuse me my courses aren't a knee-jerk reaction to the current situation yeah. my courses have been out for uh for quite some time and i've been periodically adding to that over a couple of years sure. so um it's one of those where there's a lot of really good stuff coming out now yeah. uh, because uh, because everybody's having to yeah. uh use that dreadful word pivot uh, and trying to do what they can but there's but what that means is there's an awful lot of really good and interesting stuff coming into the market there's a lot of stuff available now that people can get yeah. and so if you you know if you're looking to find a way to push that out to a wider audience then then there's that's a great platform if you think about it i've got two hundred thousand people that follow me they all follow me because they have an interest in what I do. And so I don't have to convince them of anything. They're already there. Yeah. And so, yeah. and so all I've really got to do is show them the value in the product. And so yeah. when you're looking at it like that, again, if you, if you take something like YouTube or Facebook, uh, you know, you've, you've got to source those people. You've got to convince those people. You've got to build relationships with those people. You've already got that on TikTok once you've, once you've started, you know, building a few numbers perfect yeah good um what are your plans for the future then so kind of in the next month two months three months um what are you plan to do we're going to keep online with the tiktok keep online with the courses hopefully get back to the academy things like that what are your plans for for whenever really yeah well you've got the obviously the gym itself at the moment is uh is sort of empty and and a bit sad i mean <laughs> yeah. it's, you know in all the years that i've had it i've never it's never been closed for longer than a fortnight um yeah. you know even when i've been off doing other things there's the, the gym's been open and running so that's that's a weird one because uh, nobody knows what the future's going to hold with regards to when we come out of this how it's going to look sure. there's there's a lot of talk about you know long-term um slow exposure and so on and so forth yeah. so nobody knows on that so who's to who's to say um i'm hoping that we get back and when we do I'm sure like a lot of other people, there's a lot of new things that I want to sort of implement, not new, not new things that I'd like to make sure happen. It's been a, it's, it's been a great exercise in, in, in spring cleaning, if you like, you know, getting rid of all the, uh, the old, bringing in the new, um, obviously the, the online stuff will carry on and I'll, I'll just keep doing what I was doing anyway with that, because that isn't, this isn't a change for me. It's just a continuation of the same. Yeah. Uh, I'm really looking forward to getting back out into the seminar circuit and back out to the shows and things because absolutely love meeting people i love being on the mats i love yeah. training with people and swapping ideas and that's really where uh, the thing that i want the most because uh, as, as much as as much as um, i like my writing as much as i like the online stuff 
the magic the magic for me is being on the mats with people that's yeah. the magic for me yeah perfect okay thank you very much then matt it's been an absolute pleasure um and yeah hopefully we can all get back at some point and train together and get on the seminar circuits again and yeah hopefully it won't be too long for everyone i hope so too it's a pleasure speaking thanks very much for having me on okay thank you matt thanks bye bye, -bye.